editor's note before the episode starts. Some slight spoilers ahead for Control, though nothing major. And content warning for mentions of blood, surgery, animal skinning, and body horror. We don't go in detail for any of it. It's just mentioned. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Checkpoint, a gaming interview podcast where I ask my special guests about a game they like. I'm your host, George Diaz, and with me today is... Hello, 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 it's Kami Jays. Today is October 30th, 2022, day before Halloween, and keeping the spirit of the holidays, we'll be talking about control. But uh, before we get into that, this is your first official time on the podcast, but not our first time recording together, is that right? That is correct. Um... We've done like a, a preview podcast of this very show uh, where I spoke about Resident Evil instead. Um, and you've been on my podcast a few times. Always be plugging. <laughs> the weekly cooldown is hopefully a good time for everyone. Sometimes a bad time for the listener. <laughs> All right. And uh, I know we've done this question before, but like I said, I don't know if I'll ever be releasing that. Maybe I'll make this Maybe I'll make it a Patreon thing. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just do a bonus episode or something. I don't know. We'll see. First time for everything, and hopefully it goes smoothly. What's your gaming background, and uh, what got you into gaming? Yeah, so I actually really like this question, and we um, spoke about it on a recent episode of the Weekly Cooldown as well. Um, my gaming background takes me way back to like when I was maybe three or four. <laughs> um my mom and my brother and I lived in like a nice little two bedroom apartment and we had the Sega Genesis and the original Nintendo, um, the NES or the Nintendo Entertainment System, um, Famicom if you're nasty. Um, and we played primarily two games. It was Sonic Adventure or not Sonic Adventure, just Sonic and Tails um, or Sonic 2. Um, and Super Mario Brothers 3 and Chrysalis, actually. Chrysalis was a, a favorite of mine. And I always loved doing that, right? It was like family time. And we all gathered around and played together. It wasn't like a solo activity at the time. So it was always really nice. Fast forward a few years, me and my brother are quarreling over which console to get either the PlayStation 1 or the Nintendo 64. I really wanted the Nintendo 64. He wanted the PlayStation 1. Unfortunately, he won out that Christmas. Next Christmas, I would be redeemed because, quite frankly, there was no other consoles to get anyway. So <laughs> the Nintendo 64, we got that. Um, a year later and then the dreamcast a couple of years after that we were late to the playstation 2 but we did eventually get it and then i kind of skipped over the ps3 um and the ps4 despite being kind of sony affiliated by that oh that's unfortunate missing the playstation 3 yeah i didn't i was i was a xbox 360 person Simply because... So was everyone pretty much around that time. It seemed like I was the only one that had the PlayStation. It felt like it was a more interesting time to be a Microsoft Xbox person. I, um, just simply based off of the exclusive games that were coming out for the 360 at the time. So we ended up getting the 360. Um, and then it wouldn't be until much recently where I finally got a 3DS even. So um, I was really just 
<laughs> flipping the bird off to uh, Nintendo and Sony, who had basically raised me. And I was like, nope, just just the 360 and a PC. That's all I need. And then lo and behold, I got my PS5 and my Switch. Goku came crawling back. Yeah, basically. And that's kind of a long-winded way of saying that I've always been really invested in video games in one way or another. It's just always been a nice escape and also a nice way to connect with first my family and then later friends, both online and in actual life. And it's just... It's it's the thing that's been ever constant. Just always have some kind of video game happening or some kind of video game thing I I want to talk about or experience with other uh, other people. Yeah, true. For me, I was uh, what did I start with? I think technically I started with Game Boy Advanced SP, which I guess that was the latest model of the Game Boy at that time. Mm. I still have it somewhere, actually. Okay, that took longer than a few seconds, but I still got it. You went and found it. Yes, I went and found it. Is there a game inside? Oh my god. I have a game inside. Ooh. Uh, What is it? I've got Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. That is a great one. It's an underrated game. Everyone seems to forget about it, and I hate it. I love the Bean Bean Kingdom. I really hope I still have the charger for this. I really do. Yeah, still have it. Somehow didn't manage to throw it away. And I'm pretty sure it still works. Yeah, hopefully. It works! Oh man, it's got it's it's got a bit more wear and tear than what I remember. I don't even remember scuffing this. Sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a nostalgia trip at the moment. Yeah. I haven't held no, this thing I in mean, years. You gotta do it sometimes. My go-to games were uh Pokemon Yellow, which I still need to get again. I don't know what happened. Don't have it. Uh, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga and Donkey Kong Country. But yeah, played that a lot. And also uh, I had a very young uncle, still do, who is only about seven years older than me. I'm 23 now. He's roughly 28 or 29. And uh, we would go over to my grandparents' house all the time. And he'd have a GameCube. And he'd be playing stuff like, I think it's Sonic Adventure 2. And all I remember is just flying around as Knuckles. On the GameCube? Maybe. <laughs> it could be Adventure. It could be Sonic Adventure 1 or 2 at that point. <laughs> Both did get re-releases for the GameCube, I believe. Uh, memories. would also be playing... Uh, like I said, Pokemon Yellow. Fun fact, that's the only Pokemon game I ever played. Uh-oh. We will have to change that eventually. <laughs> I just think they're neat. And I don't really have money for a DS, a 3DS. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. It's worth it to try and get through them just to see, like, the changes over time. I've seen the changes over time. You, y- Y'all went... Y'all just recently went from, like, pixelated shit to cartoony 3D, right? I mean, you need to feel them. You need to feel them in the palm of your hand. It's insane. If I wasn't playing that, I was watching my uncle play Tomb Raider. I don't know which one. And one of the Resident Evil games, I think. 
did any of the Resident Evil games go on uh, GameCube? Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 1 got a remake um, in a new uh, engine, I believe. Technically, Resident Evil 2 and 3 got re-releases, um, but they were not, like, scaled up in any way. They were just, like, ports of the old 90s versions. And they were also, like, a limited release. I pretty much spent a whole bunch of time just watching him play and being a, a fucking backseat gamer. Sometimes that's sometimes being a backseat gamer is still being a gamer. Hell yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, I eventually got a N64, played, I think, Twisted Metal? Or was that on the PlayStation 2? I think Twisted Metal was also on the Nintendo 64. Okay, because I know I played a wrestling game as well. I had a lot of fun with cage matches. I thought those were pretty neat. And I think a Punch-Out game? Maybe some boxing game. I remember my favorite character was the the black guy with the afro for whatever reason. Hmm, I don't... This game does not sound familiar. (laughs) I remember seeing a video about it several months ago, being like, oh yeah, it was that game, and now I can't remember. But yeah, I had the PlayStation 2, then had a Wii, had a PlayStation 3, because my uncle also had a PlayStation 3, and he let me play Infamous one of my favorite games at the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is cool. Oh, you can't play this on Xbox? Fuck that. Yeah. And I didn't really get online until I got the PlayStation 3. My parents didn't want to pay for online services. That is, it is unfortunate, but fair. And I've pretty much stuck with Sony ever since I had the PlayStation 2. Was there anything else you wanted to add for the initial question? Uh, nope, I think I'm good. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we uh, had some technical difficulties with Zencaster because of course we do. So we're just going to keep on going with that. Let's get to the game. Control is a third-person action-adventure horror-ish game by Remedy Studios, released on August 27th, 2019, for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and re-released on, depending on who you ask, current or next-gen consoles, such as the PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X or S on February 2nd, 2021. It was also released today, two years ago, on October 30th, 2020, on Nintendo Switch. I, uh, full disclosure, didn't do this on purpose. (laughs) I don't know how it plays on the Switch either, so, like, buyer beware. And I guess it's also on PC, so if you want something a bit more stable and you have the Moolah, the Steam Deck, I know they're not taking re- reservations anymore, so you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Just got to worry about if it's in stock or not. So, if you want to experience the horror of brutal architecture mixed with SCP monsters and such on the go, you can. Control had a meta score of 85 with 33 reviews and a user rating score of 7.4 with 1,412 reviews as of today. Kami, what would you score Control out of 10 and why? <sighs> I would give Control closer to a 9, like an 8.5 maybe. There's something really intense going on with Control. Like there's a few really intense things going on. First of all is the story that starts out with a character that feels like you know her, right? It almost feels like you are as in the dark as she is and you are right you don't know what's really going on in this world you're in you don't know what's going on with her personally she seems to be talking to something or someone maybe it's you you don't really know and as you go along with the story it kind of unfolds like literally right before your eyes um 
there's some really stark things done with color in the game um overall the game takes place basically in one large government building um so you if you've ever been in a government building or like in a courthouse you know that they're pretty bleak they're like gray with like maybe a splash of color to see you know where the exits are or where a staircase is or something like that um control basically does the same thing but every so often especially when enemies show up there are these bright bright red flashes um of of like blood red right really deep uh, uh red 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 color um and it's it's jarring and it's startling and it's out of nowhere um a lot of the times but it it feels like you know it, it, it's it's so deliberate that it feels good in a way um and finally is the kind of intertwining of like i don't want to call it meme culture per se but there was a really large part of our like online history where folks were really invested in scps which are like you know supernaturals unexplained stories and stuff like that and control delves into that a lot and tries to not only explain it but like applies what should be real world examples which are obviously not real world examples it's all fiction um to the game and also introduces some people to new ones they've never heard of or um the idea of objects of power and and um you know different kind of other supernatural things so there's a lot of like a, a lot of what people know from being on the internet is in that game and then on top of it there's an original story control which is made by remedy also does the typical remedy thing where there are um live action sequences um some cutscenes and stuff like that that are in the game which is very typical for remedy remedy almost makes like these very movie-esque kind of video games did they make that time manipulation shooting game quantum break yeah quantum break yes in fact quantum break has a character in it that is played by the same person who plays jesse in control so she leveled up from being like a side character to being like the main character. Control also has a Alan Wake um, kind of tie-in reference to it. We're apparently likely to get an Alan Wake 2 kind of tie-in to Control. So there's like a Remedy video game universe happening here. There's a lot. There's just a lot going on with Control. And it will keep you guessing. You'll get kind of creeped out by it, right? There's a lot of freaky stuff that happens in it. But it's it's fun and it's interesting. And... It, it keeps you keeps you kind of on your toes. And it also has the typical things that you're used to in video games. It's got your guns. <laughs> it's got your crazy enemies, your boss battles, the kind of RPG system of leveling up your weapons and your skills and abilities. It's got like everything you could want in a video game, plus a really, really compelling story. Where it kind of falls short, at least for me, is that it feels kind of short story-wise. Not that it's too condensed, but rather like, it leaves off on a on a very strange kind of unexplained cliffhanger. You're not really sure what happens in it, which is fine, I guess, in a way, because they'll explain it in the in the next game. Um, but it leaves off in a way that leaves you wanting too much more um, rather than just enough more for another one. Um, so it, it it kind of falls short in its length of the storytelling but the storytelling is really good when you say strange do you mean like twilight zone style strange or 
no without saying too much because i don't want to spoil it for anyone who might go play it it leaves off in such a way where it just doesn't explain enough about like the final battle or really who wins and who loses if if that makes sense and i get that again that that's purposeful because they want to keep you coming back for the next one but there's just something about the way it kind of like fades to black in a way that doesn't feel totally complete like there needs to be a little bit more in my opinion and then we can end it <laughs> question do you want to do you want to go into spoilers during this or no if uh, you want to i can just definitely put in a uh, spoiler warning in the uh, beginning of the episode i'll try to i'll try to avoid them and if i do i will say spoiler alert <laughs> all right because i've only done i think the first couple hours of uh control but i i know for a fact i'm probably gonna forget what's gonna happen fairly quickly because i remember i got spoiled for a sure red dead redemption one back when that came out because uh, my friend had it i think it was back before i got the playstation or the xbox he's like yeah uh well I guess, spoilers for Red Dead 1, a 10-year-old game at this point. John died. And he said that in passing. And like, you know, and I still got the full effect. Out, so I, I think I'm fine. We've kind of already gone over this. Let's see if maybe we can uh, get a little bit more out of it. What what got you to get control? And did you play this day one or was this a late discovery? I can't remember if I did it day one, but it was definitely like week one, maybe. I remember seeing the trailer uh, during like a game awards show and I immediately thought of a game that I really love that I think is underrated um, that I'm upset didn't get a sequel called Second Sight. That game I first experienced on the GameCube. I believe you can also get it on the PS4 and or excuse me, not the PS4, the PS2. And I believe you can also get it on the PC now. I have it on Steam because I love that game so much. I wanted to rebuy it. And it's a similar kind of story. You are this character. In this case, it's a guy. He's a um, psychologist who is kind of going through these motions, trying to figure out what happened to get him to where he currently is. You're kind of going along for the ride as well. So you kind of get to know like all these supernatural people, right? Actual people this time, um, not kind of like random monsters like in um, like in Control. You get to know these supernatural people, a lot of psychic abilities, um, telekinesis and stuff like that. And your character gets access to these abilities as well as he goes through um, the motions. And a lot of the kind of feeling of that game I felt in this game um in control it was very kind of cryptic again a lot of like psychic ability stuff going on the gun (laughs) obviously um you can't have a remedy game without a gun that's just that's just how it is and i was like this feels like something i would love and i followed the kind of making of for a while um i followed when it was supposed to come out everything about it and when it when it was ready i was ready and i got it if not day one the week it came out actually on the epic store on pc it was my i believe my second epic purchase because i was like i don't really need epic games i have steam (laughs) but i i went through the motions and got the epic game store version because i wanted to play it like that week that day i think i only got the game because it came on to uh playstation plus monthly games so I was lucky enough to not pay for it, technically. Mm. 
And although I didn't really, I didn't really get that far into it. I love it. That's a, that's a good way to get it. And if you're like me, who has a very, very low tolerance for horror, I think it's tolerable. You're definitely going to feel frightened, freaked out, scared, anxious. Got any other adjectives? No, those are, those are them. (laughs) (laughs) You will feel those things because, you know, you can kind of predict where the monsters will be. But when they pop up, they really kind of like there's a loud bang noise when they pop up. Like I said, the big red lights kind of pop up, too, when they spawn in. There's like a constant whisper of like chanting throughout every level of the game. No matter where you are, there's always some kind of possessed human nearby saying this um, chant over and over. And it's like a bunch of nonsense words i at one point i was so invested in the game that i could repeat a lot of it but i can't now i can't remember any of it but it's this really long-winded like nothing they're saying absolutely nothing the the words are there but when you string them along into a sentence they they don't mean anything they're just a a chant a cult-like chant that is just playing throughout the game over and over and over no matter where you go um and that is unsettling and unnerving when you're (laughs) like in a room this creepy kind of undertone music is already playing and then you just hear people saying like or something like that and it's like uh what does that mean (laughs) what are you saying to me and it's it's that whole atmosphere, right? The grayness, the stark grayness of everything, uh, plus the creepy chanting, plus like the ambient kind of music that makes it like a supernatural game, but not quite a horror game. Look, in terms of scary things that I've played, I'm someone who's terrified of Call of Duty World War II zombies to this day, because this is what... They look like Kami. I sent you a picture in the in, in the Twitter DMs. That sort of uh, body horror motif fucking terrifies me. Yeah, I remember. I I I could I can still only play that in the daytime and very rarely. Oh yeah, I played it once this month. I told someone this recently. The there's no shame in that <laughs> because when I was younger. I was scared, like deeply scared. And to this day, I think maybe I still am scared of the Big Boo ghost from Super Mario 64, specifically that one. And I remember my first encounter with it. I was going into the big hallway where the Boo shows up to let you know, like there's a new level to go through. And I stared at it for like what felt like an eternity, but must have been like five seconds. And I felt my, like, my breath seize up. And then I just kind of, like, threw my controller and ran out of the room. <laughs> and I had to get my brother to play that level for me because I I could not face that ghost. And for years, I was tormented by that because, like, something happened and our, um, you know, our memory got erased on the 64. So we had to play through it again. And I was like, well, I'm not. I'm just not going to play, I guess, because I'm not going through that um, that big boo hallway. Um, and when I got the Super Mario 64 remake for the DS that includes Luigi and Wario and Yoshi, I had to do it again and I couldn't do it. And I actually at the time had to get my sister to do it 
my younger sister had to play that level for me because I was like, I'm just not, I'm just not doing it. To this day, I'm not sure if I'm still scared of that. I haven't been faced with it. Have you? You don't have a uh, the 3D All Stars? No, I, I got a little. So like, I got a little spooked by the booze in the um, Nintendo DS games that show up every now and then, but I wasn't like deathly terrified the way i remember being terrified by them um in the nintendo 64 version but like when i played super mario odyssey there's like an homage to that level in there and i was like i swear to god if they show me a boo i'm gonna freak out i was i was so scared of that entire little homage and i was like why did i even jump into this pool i don't want to be here um, the the way the music was playing was really unsettling to me. I was like, they're going to show me a boo any second now and I'm going to flip out. And luckily they didn't, but I was like, good Lord. I'm also like, even now, like pretty terrified of like the mobs in Minecraft. And so what I've theorized is that I'm afraid of low polygons. <laughs> I am afraid of blocky kind of asymmetrical low polygon like anything. I, th- the thing is is that I love these games. Like I love playing them. I love Minecraft actually. Like I think Minecraft is a lot of fun. But if you turn monster mode on or like, you know, a survival mode or whatever, when it becomes nighttime, I'm hiding in my house. Like I'm going in the house and I'm like going to go make a sandwich until it's daytime because I I don't want to see those monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if uh, if you're on the same level of scaredy boy as your your host, I think you'll be fine. Maybe have a maybe have a nightlight or something. Do it in the daytime. Real horror? I'm I'm okay with that. Big boo and I and a creeper? Hell no. <laughs> Keep it away. I can do creepers and I can do I can do big boos. <laughs> Y'all are made of amazing stuff. I, I can't do body horror. Well, funnily enough, I can handle the audio of body horror barely. Ooh. I uh, I don't know if y'all had heard of uh, Archive 81. It's an audio drama. It was also a short-lived Netflix series that got canceled, unfortunately. It's a horror anthology first, like Magnus Archive or any other type of found footage type of thing. And then it went to more of a full-fledged audio drama type of thing in the uh, second season. And slight spoilers, the main character gets very brutalized in surgery. Mm -hmm. There's at least four seasons. I got through two and a half and me going, nope, I'm good. I'm done. Was when they uh, went used actual audio of, of a deer skinning. They put a warning at the very beginning, be like, "Hey, we've done some intense stuff before, but this is on a whole other level. If you don't want to listen, that's fine. Maybe skip the episode. I think I'm good. Keep doing what you're doing, but I'm not gonna keep going. So I've I feel like I've grown a lot as a consumer of horror, just in general, by the fact that I can play this game. Next question: How would you describe the plot for control the plot for control is hmm i want to say it's like small midwestern adult woman does not quite know what she's in for um it is very much a 
small town person in a big city story. It is also a kind of like, I have these powers and I don't know why kind of story. It's also a, I have these powers, but I'm clearly out of place amongst all these other powers that are surrounding me, all these other people that are surrounding me. Very, very different. Jesse is, in my opinion, not very ambitious, but she's surrounded by people with lots of ambition. She is kind of a loner in a way, but she has at least two people who she can rely on. And even then, those relationships feel incredibly dubious, but she puts a lot of trust in them. So as long, like, it's almost like you feel bad for her because you want more for her, but she she can't have it right there's a lot going on in it there's a lot of like kind of family relationship drama obviously a lot of supernatural things happening there's kind of a a political drama going on as well and also a um a very kind of uh supernatural godlike being drama right like cthulhu has no not that not that insane you don't quite see the beings you know they exist based on the kind of powers that awaken in jesse and that kind of uh, get out of control and haywire within the complex you're in but it's really it's like dueling dueling forces right you have the forces of what you believe is good and what you believe is evil kind of going at it with you as this kind of proxy as well using your own uh powers and stuff granted to you by sometimes a toaster or sometimes a, a carousel it's really fascinating it's uh, the good and evil the ambitious versus the unambitious and uh the the lost lost child in the big city story all at once is there any moment that's had a lasting impact on you when playing this game? Yeah, there's a few, but the one that sticks out to me immediately is meeting this character named Ati. Ati is the janitor, and when you meet him, he seems to have already been expecting you. He tells you where to go, he points you in the direction, and also he says something like, later we're going to put you to work. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And so you just kind of go about your business. And the next time you see Ati, he says like, oh, you're here to work. And he put he makes you do like literal janitor work, but to the ninth degree or to the nth degree because you have to use your psychic powers to do it. And then on top of that, he seems to... J Jesse has these moments where she's talking to herself in her head, but he answers. And... It's very unnerving, but he also seems incredibly harmless at the same time. So you're like, how am I supposed to feel about this character? And it gives me even goosebumps even now to like think about him because he is unnerving, but kind and and kind of seems like kind of seems like he is part of the entire building, which is true for janitors, right? They are often the person or the the people who know the entire building, who are, who know its ins and outs and who clean it every day. And to kind of boost him up in such a way that makes him feel like an om omniscient, powerful, yet in intensely kind and down-to-earth being was like really great. I love that character so much. And something a bit more big picture, a little bit of the same question for those who don't know. We're just, I'm still trying to work out the kinks for this. So far, this is the... 
closest it's gotten to its finalized version is probably what's going to be going out hopefully within the next few weeks. What sort of lasting impact did the game have on you just as a whole? It made me want to it made me want to write my own if if I'm being honest. I didn't envision myself writing some kind of supernatural SCP riddled um kind of story, but it really it really made me want to kind of explore it myself. Um I actually did get I like un- unrelated to this game, I bought a um leather jacket and I posted a picture of myself in the leather jacket after I had gotten the game and said like LOL I'm doing my Jesse from Control cosplay and the folks from Remedy actually saw it and were like you should definitely do this cosplay and I was like LOL oh my gosh they they noticed me and so it made me want to like come up with the the like reverse of this story right I guess it's not really a spoiler really but like jesse the whole reason jesse comes to what is called the federal bureau of control is to find her brother dylan i noticed that jesse and dylan are very kind of gender neutral names so i was like well what if it was the reverse and dylan was looking for jesse right it's it's still the same story just with the characters reversed or um, you know, Jesse could definitely be a, a guy <laughs> um, in this one instead of um, it being a woman. Um, and I, I found myself kind of like thinking and writing every so often the inverse of what Remedy has given us, right? Where it's um, me as the main character going into the Federal Bureau of Control and, you know, getting involved in all the shenanigans. I don't think I even knew that you had an interest in writing, honestly. So that's new to me. I forget. Have you been on Fun Fiction yet or no? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, For those who don't know, Fun Fiction is a fan fiction writing podcast hosted by, I'd like to say, two friends of ours, Scotty and Meg. And it's uh, honestly something that I would recommend. It's freaking bonkers and uh do you happen to do you happen to remember which what topic you you picked mm-hmm. i was on with my co-host paul and we talked about guilty gear oh, oh my god you guys were the guilty gear episode yep. I, I remember that because i'm like wait what the hell is guilty gear yeah yeah that's what uh that's what got me to know about guilty gear guilty gear a game i would like to talk about but i actually can't because it's too crazy future episode (laughs) (laughs) and now for our final question tommy as the resident expert on remedies control would you please give the audience an elevator pitch on why they should go out and get the game in 30 seconds or less starting now so the the control is it's about you really you are um the one who is needing to learn to use control either in your life or with your powers and you're gonna learn how to do that through this video game starring jesse but also starring you mostly starring you but also starring jesse and you you gotta get it that's it like there's no listen I don't need to pitch this to you. I already said it's a good game. Eight, five seconds, eight point five out of stars four, out of whatever. Just get three, it. Two. Just get one. it. One. I did it. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, we're gonna 
we're going to call that an episode. Once again, thank you for coming on. You're welcome back here anytime. But of course. Uh, where can we find you right now? And uh, are you working on anything in, at the moment? Yeah. So uh, you can find me at Comic Gaming on Twitter. Um, that's where you'll find out most about what's going on in my life at any given moment. You can also see me uh, flex after He's the gym. really getting them games, um, folks. I, <laughs> I, I do a lot of gym flexi pictures. Um um i also host right now two podcasts uh the weekly cooldown which is the video game news podcast where we talk about um game stories with a guest uh for an hour and you know we get to know them through their love of games and their ideas about what's going on in video game news um i also host the greatest gaming game show ever uh where i play a really kind of um, annoying host of a game show. Uh, we get to know the guest, of course, but we also get to like ridicule the guest a little bit because they don't know as much about video games as they think they do. Um, and that's where the fun is for me. Uh, we also give away the uh, actual prizes, and usually those actual prizes go to charity. So the money to charity, uh, money to the guest, and it's all it's all a good time. It's a good time. Um, I'm working on a third, uh, TTRPG focused podcast, um, called McGillum's Meadery, um, details T to BD. I'm George. That's our lovely guest, Kami Jace. The amazing music you hear at the beginning and end of the show is by Offworld, aka Josh Turnipseed. You can find the show on Twitter at CheckpointPod1. And you can send an email at checkpointpodcasttm at gmail.com. And this has been Checkpoint. Checkpoint.